Hazanya Mosaka on 702. It's eight minutes past two. Oh, and I hear you, handful underscore K, from the get-go when I mentioned that this is actually our final installment in the series of Live Well with Mpotsuguru. She says, please extend it. I'm learning so much and I still have more to learn. Um, yeah, I'm also a little bit gutted. It went by so quickly. We'd allocated about six weeks. There was a holiday here and there uh, which pushed it out by one week and Mpo moved her schedule, of course, to always be with us. And uh, today we had planned and we are talking about gut health. I was looking at research um, from early in the week that said that following a vegan diet for about four months can boost your gut microbiome, you know, but it's always very tempting for us to go with the fads, to go with all of these things uh, without getting the necessary advice. In fact, when I went the vegetarian route for this period, I started by chatting to to Mpo. So we've got to do these things very responsibly. And Mpo Tsukudu is a, um, she's a, an integrative dietitian. She's also a first-line therapy practitioner and she's trained in functional medicine at the Institute for Functional Medicine. And she's here to guide us around gut health because at one time, our digestive system was actually considered relatively simple, that it was a very simple body system um, that comprised pretty much of one long tube, you know, for our food to pass through, to be absorbed or for the uh, good stuff to be extracted from it and then, of course, excreted. But we now, of course, understand so much more. Mpo, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Azania. How are you? I'm very good. I'm kind of saddened that we're right at the end, but I think it's been a wonderful journey. It has been. It has been. Yeah. Thank you. So I was saying that uh, the gut was seen to be a very simple body system, but it's proven to be incredibly complex. The more we study it, the more we know. Yes, it is true. The gut um, is seen as the foundation for most of the healthcare problems that we have now. That if you can sort the gut, you can actually eliminate quite a lot of problems. And what's interesting is because of the medical advances and the genetic testing that we now have, we can now measure and see that actually there's more to the gut than what we thought. That even issues that are being discussed now that your gut is actually your second brain, that there is a connection between your gut and what goes on in the brain mm. that is now used as a treatment for mental illness. Because you remember when you're in primary school and you had to write a test and your stomach started running, that is a simple connection between your gut and, and your brain. So <laughs> yes. whatever that you go, you go through, that the, the, the butterflies and the knot in the stomach says a lot. Mm. We've expanded that knowledge and more and more, I actually learn quite a lot every day about the gut. Yes. So uh, we now we know, of course, that there are these microbiomes, gut micro, there's a gut microbiome. What is it exactly? What are we referring to? So in simple terms, to just not confuse everybody, is that the gut has about 800 species of, of bacteria and um, we have different strains and these actually work synergistically with our body. So we are hosting them and we provide a safe environment for them and we give them food and in return, they help us to, to digest the food, especially looking at the um, enzymes and also in bacteria. And they also help us with chemical processes that are important for the body to function. So it's a symbiotic relationship. We give them and we also have to 
take something from them. So if we not our our environment is not healthy, we impact the gut, the the, the gut microbiome, which is the bacteria, which also affects how our body works. And if the gut microbiome is not healthy, then it also affects how our body actually functions. Right. So what are some of the things then that affect the microbiome? Um, it's been quite a lot of things. Diet has been shown to to be the to have the biggest significance on the health of the microbiome. Mm-hmm. That we're looking at the uh, that the the main source of food for the for the bacteria in our gut is dietary fiber. That if we give them good amount of fiber, then they will help us with these chemical reactions. And a lot of the research that is coming out is actually saying the fiber needs to come from vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. And the more colorful, the better. So when you were saying about a plant-based diet or a vegetarian diet, yes, it, it, it makes more sense that way, that the more variety that you have, the healthier it is. Yes. We're also seeing that a high consumption of animal um, uh, a protein, especially red meat, especially when it's been um, highly processed, leads to an imbalance in the gut, which then affects your digestion and causes bloating and all the other mm. negative effects. Mm. Yes. So that's very interesting that you mentioned the fiber question because we now have yes. this kind of soluble fiber. Does it give yes. the same benefits as fiber from, from a pl- say, a plant-based diet or from a natural source? So a soluble fiber in simple explanation is the one that when you put it in water, it absorbs the water. So the inside of the fruits and the vegetables and also the grains, that is what you call soluble fiber. Mm -hmm. The insoluble fiber is the one that does not absorb the water. So the outside, the brain and the skin of of the lentils or of the grains or nut or seeds, Mm -hmm. that's the insoluble fiber. So the insoluble fiber actually doesn't change what it does is that it it is eaten by the bacteria in the lower part of the gastrointestinal system mm-hmm. and it produces um, chemicals like short chain fatty acids which are also involved in the maintenance of the health and they pass out the way they, they are they um the way that you have eaten them so they don't change in structure that much right okay yes. so diet clearly is one of the big factors that influence uh, yes. the, the the microbiome but yes. what about um across our lifetimes is it different at different ages it is there's quite a lot of studies that that are looking at the way you were born that um one of the questions that i also ask my clients is that where do you do you know if you're born via c-section or, or via normal vaginal birth because we see that children's immunological response is is different whether to whether they are breast uh, they are they were born vaginally or also with um or c-section that the type of bacteria that they have in any stages of life is different mm-hmm. and also whether you are breastfed which is the best form of feeding or given formula milk you and then the child has different bacteria throughout life and also the type of of solids that we're introduced to at a younger age that your body then responds to what you are eating so mm-hmm. there were studies that looked at african children tend to have better form of microbiome than children in Europe because we breastfeed longer mm-hmm. compared to the shorter times and we also give quite um, a more vegetable and, and lentil and 
and food-based diet mm. instead of introducing meat much more earlier. Mm. But also as, as you age, the, the, your microbiome changes. I think a simple explanation is to look at actually in uh, like at your life that when you were in your teens, what you ate and what you tolerated yeah. versus in your 20s yeah. and your 30s and your 40s, not the same. <laughs> yeah. You have clients, it, it changes. You have clients saying, I used to be vegetarian for a very long time, now I woke up and I crave meat. So that may be related to your changes in the microbiome if you are listening to your body. Mm, amazing. And also, amazing, especially, especially when you're looking at older people that yeah. they, they tend to not eat very well as they age because of the changes in the taste um, of uh, the taste buds, mm. and also some of them don't have teeth. But if their diet declines, the change there is a change in the microbiome. Then you actually see that they have more inflammatory markers, so more inflammation, and more they get more ill worse than when they were eating food that is more varied. Right. Um, I want to talk about lifestyle quickly, but I think what you touch on now uh, is a very interesting aspect, but we'll come back to that because there are uh, kind of common gut ailments based on the health of our our gut uh, microbiome, but we'll get to that. Are there lifestyle aspects? Because we live these endlessly busy lives. Some people don't even know how to relax anymore. Um, Does that play a part? It does. Um, exercise has been shown to positively imp- uh, affect um, your microbiome. So when we talk about exercise, the more regular, sustained, um, mm. low-intensity or medium-intensity exercise it changes the way that your microbiome is. And also there is quite a lot of research that now looks at how stressed you are. Like if it's a short minimum response, like being in traffic for two seconds and somebody says, that's something weird or if it's a prolonged um, physical mm-hmm. stress which can be an illness mm-hmm. or psychological stress that it, it does then change how your microbiome is okay it, 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 yeah the type and the variety okay um, and then yes. gut ailments how do we know if we have a healthy or unhealthy gut microbiome I think um, a lot of the time that uh, that People are constipated, mm-hmm. but they don't understand what constipation is. So ideally, your bowel, your your gastric emptying should be 24 hours. So that means whatever that I'm eating now at 2 o'clock, I need to get it out the following day in 24 hours. Right. So a normal, a normal gut movement in most people is between one to three times in a day, some people at once. And I think the easiest way to measure is from your wrist, your own wrist, to your elbow. That's just the length that you need to produce every day. It's either once or twice a day. Wait. Then it needs to, yes. We should produce that much? Yes. You're saying the length of my arm from the top of my finger to my elbow? Yes. From your elbow, to, so from your, your wrist, to your elbow. Oh, to the elbow. Wow. Yes. Either that once, you, the one time you go or the twice you go, however. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It needs to be soft as raw burabos. Okay. And ideally, because you're supposed to be looking every time, it shouldn't float. Mm-hmm. It should sink to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be little pellets like a, like a goat's um, feces. Yes. And also, it shouldn't have an offending smell. Mm-hmm. 
The same thing as flatulence, like a fart shouldn't smell. It should come out. There are studies saying it comes out at a, at a, at a speed of 170 kilometers per hour. It, it, it's normal, but it should not be smelling. If it smells, then that means something is wrong and, <laughs> you know, with the fermentation. Sorry, I'm trying to hold the laugh because all the faces in the studio have just come up like meerkats. Like, what? <laughs> With this curiosity, like, did she say it shouldn't have an offensive smell? <laughs> no, it shouldn't smell. If, if oh. we both sitting in a bathroom together, we should yeah. have a conversation without anyone blocking the nose. And at That's move, how it's supposed to be. And a fart should come out at one kilometer, you said. No, uh, the ask that he's saying, which is quite a funny thing, that it it can come out at a speed of 170 oh. kilometers per hour, so, but it should not smell. So oh. a normal fat, because then the fiber that you're eating feeds the bacteria, which produces short-term fatty acids and some gases as part of the normal fermentation. So a fat is normal, but the too much of it, which mm-hmm. is uncomfortable, uh, or holding the gas, which is bloating, and the smelly part of it mm. is something to rethink your diet okay all right so those are indicators and the usual as you said bloating and constipation and heartburn are are indicators common gut ailments right indicators that we need to change something um do we uh, how do we identify that is it just about adding more vegetables and we'll have the correction how do we correct it on our own with with constipation, uh, um, it, it usually it's a dietary fiber that there isn't a, a diversity. Mm. Also, the gut does not like simple sugar, mm. so sweet and cool drinks and juices and a lot of fruit. Also, because fruit can be very high in sugar, yeah. and especially people who are thinking I'm going to be vegan, I'm going to and I'm going to be healthy. Your vegan food should not be processed, highly processed. So it should be whole as far as possible. So if, if a muffin or a cake is vegan, doesn't mean it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you also need to look at the composition. But the other problem is some people are sensitive to certain amounts of food, especially with milk, that there's, there's quite a lot of people who are lactose intolerant, meaning that they do not have the enzymes or not enough enzymes to digest the sugar in the milk. Right. Then the body doesn't know what to do with it. It ferments. And it starts producing gas and it can cause um, diarrhea in some okay. patients. So right. a lot of food intolerances, is they are, it, it's related to what you're eating. So I can eat something and only react in 72 hours. Mm-hmm. So looking back, don't blame today. Look a little bit far back and right. see what have I added, how much, or what time you ate because you don't digest it the same, on you know, throughout the day they are at a time when the digestion is optimal and the times that it's low down yes you know and this is a complete side note but the fact that if you eat late and then you wake up just but be- if you eat just before bed you wake up super yes. super hungry and i've often wondered why because that's when our bodies are on the wind down yes it's bad yes it's bad but i think on occasion many of us have done that you've been so hungry you want to you can't go to bed on an empty st- or be able to sleep properly uh, if you haven't eaten properly so you squeeze in that meal and then when you wake up in the morning you are absolutely absolutely famished um but i want to invite calls 0118830702 i'm chatting to integrative um, uh, dietitian mpotsukudu and it's our uh, feature live well with mpotsukudu and today we're talking about gut health. 
to prebiotic or not to prebiotic, there's prebiotic and there's probiotic. And should we be doing this? And what is the role of over-the-counter or prescribed uh, pre and probiotics? Okay, so probiotics are available on the shelves. I think uh, the most commonly studied probiotics are lactobacillus and bifidobacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's important is to understand that they do help with with um, the with improving the good bacteria in the gut, mm-hmm. so that you can digest better and also help with production of certain enzymes that the body needs. So probiotics are healthy, but there are strict regulation on what is a probiotic. It's not a medicine, mm-hmm. so it's, a, it's seen as a food supplement. So there may not be a lot of regulation um, that goes with probiotics. But what's important is that it has to be a live bacteria and there are certain regulations to say with the certain strain of the probiotics, how many live organisms that have to be, they are usually in the billions. So probiotics have been widely studied that they do help with diarrhea, especially with antibiotic associated diarrhea that we do know that um, we do get sick and you Mm. get antibiotics from the doctor. So an antibiotic will then um, remove the bad bacteria and the good bacteria. Because what we want in the end is to have more of the good bacteria. So when you are on antibiotics, then, you know, most of the pharmacy will actually say to you, you have to take a, a, a probiotic to help you with that. The studies that have been shown that it helps with critical ear patients, also with dentistry, with um, skin disorders, yes. and also with gynecological um, dis- um you know, dysfunctions and also with obesity. Mm-hmm. But those ones, especially with the specialized um, probiotics, they are prescribed. Yes. Um, you don't get them on the shelves. But they are generally a good thing to have. They do improve the immune system. And most of us need a stressful diet lifestyle mm-hmm. and our diet are not optimal that we have to take them. Mm-hmm. So those are the probiotics. Yes. Now, there's a uh, a fad, a trend, but of course it's age-old knowledge around fermentation. The, the benefits of fermenta- of eating foods that have uh, gone undergone a fermentation process. Um, and, you know, what are those benefits? Do you advise it for better gut health and the sources of, of uh, um, these benefits? So fermentation has been used, um, uh, is one of the, the first, one of the oldest forms of um, food preservation. Pres- pres- in all present communities. Mm-hmm. So you usually cement a food that contains carbohydrates because what happens is that the bacteria in the food will then consume the sugar and then turn it in and, and then um, call, have probiotics in them and which are very good for the gut. Mm-hmm. But it also then improves the, the vitamin profile and it also makes the starch much more easier to digest. Mm-hmm. So the most common ones that we have in Africa is to ferment grain. Like sorghum is fermented, millet and um, maize is also fermented. In some countries where they have cassava, they fermented. Yes. And also amasi, sour milk. That now you have the vegetables, the kimchi and the sauerkraut. Then you have um, meat that is fermented, coffee and chocolate are fermented. It just makes it much more easy to digest. It improves the taste. But um, most of the products will then have a sour yeah. taste or a bitter taste to it. So it, it's an acquired taste. If you if you like it, then it's good for you. But it, it actually 
one of the best things that, especially that is an old way of, of preserving food, that it, the bacteria then, the more it grows, the more it kills the mm-hmm. pathogenic bacteria, so the bad bacteria. So it extends the shelf life of the food. Got so much to ask from SMS. I guess a lot of our listeners have opted to text instead. Tsamayang um, says, is that, uh, or, or rather an enema, uh, does a spate disrupt this uh, microbiome? Yes, it does. It wipes out everything. It takes out all the good and the bad. So you actually then would need to avoid it, I think. Um, it's one of those old okay. things that were done, but they are much more harmful. I see. So a regular spate yes. is not advisable. Okay. Um, it and then causes irritation mm-hmm. and it can also lead to bleeding. If it's, yeah, it can lead to bleeding. In oh, the okay. Uh, and then another question that has come in on uh, WhatsApp says, I don't go to the loo every day, maybe twice a week. Um, and I try to drink lots of water. Is it normal from Mulalo? No, no, no. It's not normal. Yes, our, our, our gastric movement is not the same. But you sh- ideally, you, it should not be less than four times in a week. So it may be stress-related. It may be diet. It can be exercise. You hear people saying, if I, if I do not exercise for two yeah. days, then I get constipated. Right. It can also be um, and water. Like we don't take in enough fluid. Mm-hmm. So you can, there are different sectors. Also being on medication. There are some medications that are known to cause um, constipation yes. and antibiotics then irritate. So there's a lot of factors to look at. Fantastic. And then Kumo says, lovely topic, my stomach can't handle spicy food anymore. If I eat chicken, licken wings, for instance, the next morning I wake up with stomach aches. This is a recent trend. Could it be that my gut health is telling me something? It means you're, you love the spice, but the spice doesn't love you back. So it's time not to do that because it's, it tells you it's an indication. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Your body doesn't lie to you. When you eat something and you start feeling funny, have a rash or vomit, it, it's an indication to say, don't do it again. Yes, absolutely. And then Tandra yeah. says, please ask what to do or what to use to neutralize the fat or the smell. You are eating something that doesn't agree with you. Or sometimes as we talk about mindful eating. Mm. So eating too fast, you tend to swallow in more air. And also you're not chewing your food. And remember the stomach does not have teeth. So the food will sit there and it will over cement. Right. Or it may be that you are eating something that doesn't agree with you. All right. Or in bigger amounts. Okay. Is a colonoscopy safe in maintaining good gut health? Back to I think it's similar to the enema issue. No, but a colonoscopy is 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 um it's a medical procedure where they insert mm-hmm. a tube um mm-hmm. from the anus to see what is going on. So it's a diagnostic um Function, procedure. Yes, yes, you have to clean your stomach. So mm-hmm. it's not something that you can't keep on eating badly and going for a colonoscopy. If it's needed, yes it saves lives. But in any just for the sake of it, it doesn't. So as a medical indication, yes it is then then you can start rebuilding your that health when you finish. Fantastic. It has been so educational. It certainly has changed my life. Sitsiro also uh, tweeted or WhatsApped earlier to say, you and Mpo are influencers. I've started eating dinawa, as in beans. So when you think back to the journey, the things we've talked about, uh, it's clearly had an impact on her. You know the impact it's had on me because here I am being all vegetarian for now. (laughs) But thank you so much. Azania, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. This is 
my life purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. And she does it with such great passion. In fact, on the 26th of October, they're doing um, that culinary medicine, that uh, medicine, culinary medicine uh, uh, experience along with modern traditions. They're having a masterclass. That's it. Um, so around the respectful use of traditional recipes, uh, innovative and modern recipes, the art of choosing and preparing and cooking ingredients and all of this for optimal health. And that concludes our series. Live well with Mpotsugudu.